Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. Do you all know how lucky we are to be living in an era where we get to witness Caitlin Clark? Oh, she's amazing. She's awesome. Do what Caitlin Clark does. Caitlin Clark, who also happens to be an enormous Kansas City Chiefs fan and attended one of the games here in the last couple oh, of weeks. I didn't know that. Oh, right there in the stands, my friend. No kidding. Huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. And basketball phenom Caitlin Clark. Social media literally exploded at the end of the game last night where they were tied against Michigan State. 73 73 against Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And then Caitlin Clark does what she does at the buzzer. 17 seconds left to go. Be Caitlin Clark. Who it's going to, but it's just how is it going to happen? I think everyone in America knows who it's going to. Anticipation here. Davis, time winding down. Are they going to get the ball up in time? Clark for the win. That's so awesome. From half court, she's standing on the Hawkeye. She is on the logo at midcourt. Chris was telling me last night that they sell out those women's basketball games mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. people from all over come to watch. Did, didn't she have 40 of the team's 60-some so, points so at one point? She, she had 40 points last night of the 76 the team scored. She don't need no three-point line. Mm-mm. She said, I got a half-court line. Yeah, why, why'd you paint that three-point yeah. three line there? I don't, um, I don't she also it. broke a record, I think, here it is. She became the Big Ten's all-time assist leader after dishing out 10 dimes against Minnesota December 30th. Here it is. She is now the only Division I player to have eclipsed 3,000 points, 900 assists, and 800 rebounds. And I am almost positive I read that is male or female. Oh, I'm sure it is. She is in a category of her own. Did you say 3,000 points? 3,000 points, 900 assists, 800 rebounds. Keep this in mind. Danny Manning, who was a four-year starter at KU in the 80s, uh, got just over 2,000 points. Wow. She's an animal, too. If you look into her training schedule, and she has a purpose-built facility at her home in Iowa. And she's a senior, correct? Daily. I was asking Chris, like, like, she's out after this year, right? Uh, let me look. I'm, I'm sure that's right. Uh, she averages, let me look at this, 31.5 points per game. She has 45 30-point games. That is the most by any Division One player in the last 25 seasons. Where is the male or female? I remember reading this about a week ago. She eclipsed some huge 
She's 21. Record. She's at more than 3,100 points now. That's just insane. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. And you know what the real shame is? What? She goes to the w, WNBA, she's going to make about a third of what she's currently making on NIL deals. Yeah, well, but, the, but, but her but deals would, will go on. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to continue having the yeah. Nike deal. Yeah, she'll yeah. continue getting NIL. It's, it, if, it, if you have missed the half-court shot, please go back and watch it Like later when you get home tonight. like It is... Twitter just exploded. Barstool, other football teams were like posting that shot. Like, but stop watching and watch. How is it going to happen? I think everyone in America knows who it's going to. Anticipation here. Dave- One thing I want you to listen for is when the buzzer goes off, how long until you hear whoosh? That's how far back she was. I mean, it. it- and she doesn't even pause. I mean, she just, there's no. Stress. She just floats through the air. By the way, cool off balance, almost on one leg like Mario Chalmers. Yeah. Because there is another player in front of her trying to bat her down. She is floating kind of sideways and then wait for it, wait for it. It takes like three seconds for that damn ball to drop. Sam, did you say that she uh, fired off that shot with point zero one on the clock? Yeah, so there were naysayers all around saying that she didn't shoot the ball <laughs> in time. Well, they took the opposing basket camera view. So you're looking at the back of Caitlin Clark Mm. and you can see the clock counting down above the basket that she's shooting at. Mm -hmm. And when she releases the ball, it is on the zero zero point one. Davis time winding down. Are they going to get the ball up in time? Clark for the win. (laughs) I mean, it's a month. It's a month before that ball goes in. That is so funny because I was watching it last night and not listening to it. You see how far back she is, but it's funnier when you just listen to it and you're not watching it. You've got to wait for the swish. Davis, time winding down. Are they going to get the ball up in time? Clark for the win. Unbelievable. And that sound, that's nothing but leather scratching net. There's no rim. There's no backboard. Much fun. All right, here's, we've got a lot of audio for you today, but one of my favorites is a 95, no, pardon me. 96. Helen, 96-year-old grandma named Helen. Helen, speaking of Iowa, she is from Bloomfield, Iowa, and she has <laughs> stolen hearts after reciting a carnation jingle. So you know the little carnation canned milk that you put in like, I don't know, fudge and I don't know, whatever else you use it for, little canned yeah, carnation sure. milk. She remembers the jingle from her youth, except there are some bad words in it we cannot air. And we took them out. I don't think we should have. It's that funny. So what is it? Carnation milk. The best in the land. Comes in a tin with a red and white band. No d- to pull. No hay to pitch. Just punch two holes in the son of a d- <laughs> Okay. All right, Grandma. All right. Listen here, lady. Mouth. <laughs> so apparently Helen Ernst of Bloomfield, Iowa, was at home with her daughters. <laughs> When realizing she had their undivided attention, she launched into a risque-sounding jingle while holding up a can of the popular evaporated milk. (laughs) One of her daughters quoting here, She doesn't swear. It shocked us to death. I will nicely say to you what it was she said, okay? She's talking about cows. Carnation milk, the best in the land, comes in a tin with a red and white band. Be careful here. I will. No blanks to pull. She is talking about the udder that you pull on a cow. 
Starts with a T, and we're not yes. going to say it on the air. But she says the other word, the no. slang word. Right. No hate a pitch, <clears throat> just punch two holes in that SOV. Played. It is the funniest thing, and she is 96 years old. So what is it? Carnation milk, the best in the land. Comes in a tin with a red and white band. No to pull, no hey to pitch. Just punch two holes in the son of a <laughs> Megan Badia, brand manager for Carnation, which is part of Nestle, tells People Magazine that the jingle, which is real, dates back to the 1940s. That was a real huh. jingle and was submitted as part of a company-sponsored contest. It is part of the Carnation lore. The CEO at the time thought it was so hilarious and charming that he gave the prize money to the woman who submitted that naughty rhyme, okay? Mm -hmm. They are now saying they are going to sponsor Helen. Carnation, she's got her own NIL deal out of this. Carnation Milk, they have sent her a T-shirt with her (laughs) likeness on it, holding a little can of Carnation and that that that. naughty jingle on the back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, quick break. She is Dana Wright. He is Sam Stevie the Third. My name is Scott Parks here on KMBZ. So if you missed the beginning of the show today, um, we were reporting on the fact that Tyreek Hill's house in South Florida uh, was on fire right as the show started today. Uh, what's the latest? Well, there's now video of him standing outside um, with his wife uh, watching what is going on and really what is left of that 9,800-square-foot house. I think $7 million house. Mm. No word on a cause yet. Everyone got out safely. Tyreek was actually at practice when it happened and then left practice to rush home. Uh, thank God everybody got out, but that house is gone. Mm. There's a video of firefighters up there trying to battle yeah. it from the roof, from the ground. Uh, Story here, a medical doctor has received support online Mm -hmm. after sharing that he had refused to help a passenger in need of clinical attention on a long-haul flight. Is there a doctor on board? Yeah, I'm a doctor, but I ain't helping. The 30-year-old man opened up about the experience on social media eight days ago. He wrote that the alcoholic drinks that he had enjoyed a few hours earlier were the reason why he then backed out of the mid-air emergency. Quoting here from the doctor, I'm working as an internal uh, medicine hospitalist at a major hospital. Recently, I was on a long-haul international flight. Usually, I sleep on flights, but this was during my waking hours. So I decided to spend my time enjoying the in-flight entertainment and free drinks. I had already been drinking even before the flight while I was in the lounge. I was trying to watch a movie and enjoy my drinks when an announcement was made asking if there was a doctor on board. (laughs) Normally, I would present myself to the cabin crew and help out. But after several hours of boozing, I was pretty drunk. I was not able to think clearly and probably would have done more harm than good. I did not react to the announcement at all. Okay, so he didn't stand up and say, I'm a doctor, but I'm not going to help you because I'm half in the bag. Why is this controversial? Would you want a drunk doctor helping you out in the internet no. regard? I mean, I guess well, if you if you got a bump on your head or something, maybe. But, like, what was the medical emergency? It doesn't say. Because that, to me, is important. Like, if someone is dying and it's me, 
I would rather have a drunk doctor touch me than no doctor at all, A. But B, any physician will tell you I'm not going to lose my medical license for, for trying to help when I know that I've been drinking and it's, it's probably unethical and maybe illegal to step in. I'm, I'm trying to see what the medical emergency was, and it doesn't say. Well, I mean, I'm the only one with this show that has experience uh, having a medical emergency on an airplane. My dad had a seizure on one plane a couple passed, years ago. You passed out on and another. I passed out in a strange man's lap on another. And I do know from my girlfriends, we were on our way to Mexico, that there was an all call made that said, is there a doctor on the plane? We need a doctor to the back of the airplane. And I just so happened to be on the airplane with several people from Children's Mercy going to a conference in Mexico. <laughs> so like 12 people stood up and said, well, I'm a doctor. <laughs> they all run back. And the next thing I know, I'm seated with some nurse in the very back. And she said, oh, honey, you just had a little spell. I was like, what just <laughs> happened? I don't even remember it. But why is this controversial? He, I applaud him for admitting, A, I had been drinking. B, I was on vacation, and C, I don't have any business trying to help out if, if I'm intoxicated. Well, and, and, and he, he makes the point, I may have done more harm than good. Yes. I bet you you could lose your license, Scott. I bet on an, you. On an international flight? Oh, well. I don't know. I would love to hear from our physicians if, if okay, let's say you're coming back from New Year's Eve, and there's a car wreck right in front of you, Okay. And most nurses or physicians will say, if something happens and I'm there, like, I will try to help. Sure. But it's New Year's Eve. You've been drinking. You're in an Uber. You, there is no way. You are slurring your words. Are you really going to get out and render aid? And, and before, and, and I know this is sort of apples and oranges, um, because what he does for a career is life-saving. What we do is just tell fart jokes. But if I had been drinking, God knows I've got plenty of experience with that. And somebody said to me after I've had like five or six cocktails, hey, we need you to record a commercial. Probably not going to do that. I'm going to say, you know what? Uh, maybe tomorrow. I'm going to pass. I'm drunk. And I don't want to voice a commercial for Nebraska Furniture Mart sounding like I've had seven drinks. You Why is this controversial? Is it because we expect doctors because he to did. always be on call? Yeah. No matter what, you are on call. Yeah. You wouldn't want a police officer um, who's driving around or check. Let me let me in an Uber in an Uber. Let's say a police officer is riding home in an Uber. Mm -hmm. He's wasted and sees somebody breaking into a car. You wouldn't expect him to say, stop the Uber. I'm getting out. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you. <laughs> hey. I need you to stop breaking into that car. You so would, did this come to light because the physician said, hey, yes. this happened, and then it exploded online because people were saying, well, why didn't you help? Well, doctors deserve to go on vacation. And they're allowed to get drunk when they're not on duty. Why out yourself? That, that, now, Sam, All right, that goes back to my question, Sam. Did why? somebody die? That goes back to my question, did somebody die? It, it doesn't say. The story In does that not moment, say. he was just a guy on a plane. So what, he went to med school he didn't go to med school until he told everyone else that he went to med school. Yeah. I, I think what his, if he made a, a, a mistake, it was just sitting there quietly. And instead of saying, okay, what is the. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to touch no, that but, person. But what is the nature of the emergency? Yeah. I am a doctor. I'm an internal medicine doctor. Mm. Uh, what is the problem? 
I'll, it's external in nature. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I, I, I do internal only. I only do internal stuff. I mean, if he had said, "I am a doctor," uh, what is the problem? Fair warning, uh, I'm not going to touch that person because I am I have been drinking, but I can give somebody else, you know, guidance or advice on on how to help this person. I, th- I think maybe if he had done that. Do they have a duty to stop no matter what? Like, let's just say you're driving down the road and you see a wreck. Is, is there like a professional duty to stop and help if you're, I don't know. Okay, let's say you're on 435 and you're driving 75 miles an hour and you've got a baby in a car seat in the back and you are a physician. Do you have to stop? I don't think you have to. I think you're expected to. That would be my guess. Is that, you remember, there was that horrible wreck out by my house two years ago. Yeah. And she who shall not be named uh, saw it. Hopped out to help. And got out of her car and helped. But would this doctor lose his medical license if he were to perform a surgery I, under the right, influence? Here, yeah, oh, 100%. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually illegal. You go to prison for that. Here's what happened. I found another story. Okay. From ScoopUpworthy.com. People did not have this magazine, uh, didn't have this story. Um, doctor was on a long-haul international flight. Started drinking before the flight, still drinking on the flight, and was chatting with his co-passenger explaining what each other does for a living. They were strangers, Mm -hmm. but exchanging pleasantries during the flight. And he had divulged to her that he was a physician. Where are you flying here? What what do you do for a living here? Fine, whatever. A while later, he starts watching the movie. Cabin crew makes an announcement requesting a doctor. The passenger that he does not know says, I mean, hello, you're a doctor. What are you doing? That's how all this came out. He said, I cannot react. I have been drinking. The co-passenger then insisted he get up to help. He says, I replied that someone else will help or they will get instructions from the medical team on the ground. I can't do it. The 30-year-old something lady, unaware of his reason for not responding, said, you will be the reason if this person dies. And I replied, listen, lady, just because I'm a doctor doesn't mean I'm on call 24-7 providing medical care on demand. I'm like everyone else. I'm entitled to have a drink and relax. Well, he didn't have a drink. He was drunk. Which which is, now, if he had had a drink. But is a drunk doctor better than no doctor at all? That's what she was saying. Is a drunk cop better than no cop? And I would make the argument no. Yeah. But if they need a tracheotomy and you're slightly inebriated and you miss, yeah, they were better off needing the tracheotomy. I agree with you, Sam. Yeah, but you and missed. then I think you're in trouble. You if your employer it. found out you had been drinking, the headline is going to say "Drunk Doctor mm-hmm. Botches Mid-Air mm-hmm. Emergency." That's what the headline you know, would read. I actually think he did the right thing by doing the wrong thing. Also, if you miss on a tracheotomy, you're probably hitting a jugular in what their daddy's way. What you say though? What you say? They say is do no harm. And I agree with him. Mm-hmm. If he was intoxicated, you are oath. violating do no harm. You're talking about the Hippocratic Yeah. Oath. Yeah. 913-586-7798. 586-7798. Here on Dana and Parks. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Interesting post (laughs) from the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment. Those words have never been said before. I know. (laughs) Uh, I do follow all of our governmental agencies on social just in case somebody has something important to say. And then every once in a while, I see something that makes me laugh out loud. Okay. Just going to read it. It says, pledge to be prepared in 2024. Pledge to be prepared. Okay. And there's a photograph of a little card about an index card sized card. And at the top it says, hello, neighbor. Neighbors can be an important source of assistance in the days after an emergency. Use these new know your neighbor cards to connect with those who live closest to you. They are now available at several Johnson County Library, Kansas locations. Learn why knowing your neighbor is important to your health preparedness at blogs.cdc.gov slash public health matters slash 2021. What? Slash 12 slash high neighbor. Oh, my. I'm going to read you what the card says. Okay. And and, and, no, wait, before you do this. Oh, these are free for the taking, Scott. There's going to be a run on these. Okay. And I can find these at the Johnson County Library. And you want me to pick these up, take these home, and then this evening, perhaps... Maybe if I'm out walking the dog, I don't know if I'm gonna have time. Yeah, uh, go up to my neighbor's door and yep, <laughs> and then hand them these cards that say "Hello, neighbor." I'm going to describe the card, and then I'm going to hand you my cell phone, and you may add anything at this point that you wish, because we are all to be prepared in 2024 for what I don't know. Yeah, what, what are we being prepared for? The card says, "Hello, neighbor. My name is Scott Blank. I live at next door Blank." You can reach me by calling or texting blank. And then underneath that, it says, reach out to me anytime. Good neighbors make great communities. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I'm fine. I'm out. Now, look. Weirdo. If I went home and had six or seven of these little cards on my Oh, I thought you were going to say six, six or seven glasses of wine. Right? <laughs> so did I. I or I had six next. or seven glasses of wine and filled out those cards. I think the result would be the same. I think most neighbors would be like, mm-hmm, oh, okay. Like, do you want me to give you a card now? Because I ain't giving out my personal information. How do I know you're a serial killer? I don't know. We don't talk to each other anymore. Let, let me ask you this, though. It says here, the last line before this ridiculously long web address, uh-huh. it says, learn why knowing your neighbors is important to your health preparedness. Yes. Unless I am out in the yard... <laughs> And I fall down from a heart attack. How are you going to know the status of my health inside the home? Um, yeah, I my I, my neighbors don't routinely. My house is not Monica's apartment on Friends. People right. aren't just hanging out there all day. I think in this day and age, most people have at least one neighbor's. Phone number in an emergency. I have two. I have immediately next door to me, our friends, 
next door. And then immediately across the street, Mm -hmm. the new people who moved in, we now have each other's contact information because I met her randomly. She owns a business. We got to talking. And my daughter has babysat over there. So there's two people that I can contact in an emergency. Hang on, hang on. I don't need the cards. So you've lived in that home for 20 years. 22, yeah. And you only have the phone numbers of two neighbors? Why would you need any more than that? Because they're friends? I have so many friends. Uh, you do have a lot in of in the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, Mindy's around the corner. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? You're just talking about direct neighbors that I am you don't necessarily hang out with. Within 200 yards of my house. Got it. Okay. We have each other's contact information. You know, I need some sugar, mm-hmm. uh, or a package just arrived. This is usually what it is. Do you mind? I'm so sorry. Can you just grab it? I'm not going to be home for a while. Right. Okay. Maybe once a month we'll we'll exchange that kind of thing. You know whose number they don't have? Tim the handyman. Right. <laughs> No, they do not. She wouldn't give it to me yesterday. He wanted it yesterday. I said, absolutely not. How many neighbors' phone numbers do you have? Phone numbers. Like, I guess I'm trying to come up with in what emergency would you need a neighbor to get into the house? Three, uh, the Meads across the street, the Hanlon's two doors down, and this doesn't doesn't count. Uh, Melanie down in the sales department lives two doors down. Okay. And I have her number. Here is the one scenario I will give you where you are going to need a neighbor right now that might be there two minutes quicker than fire police. One of the girls is in your house. You get a phone call. They are either choking Mm. or, God forbid, there's someone trying to get into the house. But let's say it's a medical emergency, Mm -hmm. and you are here. You are 15, 20 minutes away from your house. That's where this is important. I need you to break into my house right now. My daughter is choking. I, I could definitely do that. I would call you know, another. And yeah. you would call 911, but sure. police and fire are probably going to take three minutes, and you, you probably don't have that in a medical emergency. Mm-hmm. Do we need cards to do that? Because I feel like they probably spent some money. This is good card stock. Some very nice card stock paper. COVID funding had to go somewhere. I, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, don't dude. see people exchanging <laughs> these. I mean, if they weren't the type of person to go down and knock and say, how you doing? My name's Sam. I live a couple of houses up. I don't think driving to the Johnson County Library is going to entice them to do that. You know what I need? I, I we need I, to make I, our own funny cards. I, I, need, I need a card. And I'm going to go. My name is Scott. I'm, <laughs> I'm single. Whoa. <laughs> you can reach me anytime. Line forms to the left. It does say, See, reach out to me anytime. No, I disagree no, with that. don't reach out to me at 2 o'clock I in the morning. I don't want you reaching out to me anytime. You can call between 9A and 9P. Yeah. I would cross that out and put most times. What I need is a card, and I will go deliver it tonight to Ryan and Abby that says, Hi, my name is Scott Parks. If your basement wasn't flooded this morning, you're welcome. <laughs> I unhooked your hose I when it was freezing last onto night. onto your property, and I unhooked your hose. You're welcome. This is the reason they have posted this. Unbeknownst to us, December was High Neighbor Month. I'm sorry? Unbeknownst to us, the month of December is High Neighbor Month. (laughs) Because nobody's practiced that since 1995. I think you might have given us an extra century. Would you like to hear the tips? I think we need Uh, to go over these. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. So the Johnson County Department of Health and whatever. They have linked this to the CDC website. And there are tips for handing your neighbor an index card introducing yourself. Research shows that people who think they're prepared for disasters often aren't as prepared as they think. I I would agree with that. 46% of people surveyed by FEMA 
expect to rely heavily on their neighbors for help within the first 72 hours after an emergency? Define emergency. If I break my arm, I'm not. What is an emergency? Like house burns down. That's an insurance matter. And we'll be in a hotel. Or at 72 my hours like after surgery, most people are not going to say, hey, Marge, I know you got me my newspaper that one time. Can you please come and change my diaper? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> diaper. I was going to say bandages. It says, I don't ask know what the surgery was for. Your neighbors for help. What surgery would you get where you were where you're required <laughs> to wear a diaper? I don't know. That's, that's more of a comatose state. Ask your neighbor for help if you need it, but if possible, try to be the helper. The more prepared we are to meet basic and personal needs of each other's families, the more resilient our community. Keep in mind, this was all posted after the pandemic. Again, if you weren't a giver before, driving to the Johnson County Public Library is not going to entice you to be a giver. No, and again, um, unless your neighbors just routinely walk into your house... How are you going to know that I'm having a health emergency inside my own home? Now, from the text line, it would be nice to know if my house was on fire like Tyreek Hill and my neighbor could call me and let me know. Okay. Because you're going to do what? Put it out? Know that it's on fire? I I think, again, please on the text line give us another example where this would be truly helpful. And I think it is immediate emergent medical crisis and you aren't there to deal with it. My buddy's parents' mm-hmm. house caught on fire, and it was the neighbors who called them to let them know that their roof was on fire. They were home. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. They were when, home. When Mindy's um, parents' house caught fire many years ago, they were in the house. There was this, like, boom, boom, boom on the door. They, like, huddled in fear that some guy was trying to break in and kill them. Mm-hmm. She looks out. There's, like, this big burly guy outside, and he's like, open the door. And she hears him say, your house is on fire. Oh, my God. She goes, what? So she opens the door. And who's this, Mindy's mom? Yeah, yeah. The guy goes, Mindy was there. The guy goes, get out. Your house is on fire. And Mindy said she looks to the left down the hall. And as she looks to the left, they didn't hear it. They didn't smell it. All of this wafting, big, black smoke cloud is starting to march toward the living room. I'll be dark. But again, he's banging ferociously. They thought. Uh, Call 911, not because my house is on fire. Some crazy guy's trying to break in and kill me. And they're going G.I. Joe. Uh, through the living room because they think they're about to get killed. I love that the Johnson County Health and Environment Department is trying to connect with people. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to swing by your library and maybe get a card, maybe get a card or two. <laughs> you know what? You'll then be so, labeled as the complete weirdo in your neighborhood. So right down the street from my house, and I mean right down the street, is a Johnson County library. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, Tonight on my way home. I think you should. You're going to reach out anytime. I, I, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to grab a couple of index cards. I'm going to put them on people's doors in my neighborhood. And then they're going to think, he's a weirdo. He's you, lost his mind. You're going to cross out the bottom line and instead write, don't blanking, call me. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the reach out to me anytime. It's like the the mat that they keep trying to sell at Target that says, everyone is welcome. And I saw that and I thought, everyone's not welcome. No, they're not. I don't want you, if you're crazy, coming to my door. If you want money, if you're selling something, who no. Would, who would buy a doormat that, that says, says everyone, everyone is, is welcome? Because you're not. I looked at my daughter and I go, unless you're a serial killer. <laughs> anyway. Sanka? Know your neighbors. Right. <laughs> oh, so my friend, uh, 
you know, I told you I had the number for the Hamlins that live two doors down. She's like the biggest Dave Matthews fanatic. Oh. And she has a doormat that says, unless you are with FedEx. Or Dave, you're no, Dave Matthews? Unless you're with FedEx, UPS, or you are Dave Matthews, <laughs> we are not home. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. 913-586-7798. 586-7798. So we ran out of time yesterday, and we had breaking news at the end of the day. So we do have a little surprise for our listeners um, with respect to the worst pickup line in the history of pickup lines. And we saw this online a couple days ago, and and people were asking, is this either the best or the worst pickup line you have ever heard? And ladies, we're going to let you decide. And we had several men in the newsroom present this pickup line as if they were meeting that lovely lady in a bar and and were without any other words to say, okay? We had a late submission for your consideration for the number one bachelor to read this pickup line. So we're going to read some of the ones that we played yesterday, and then we have for you, Scott, a late submission that came in overnight. Okay. Okay. And here is Bachelor number one. Damn, girl, you are my appendix because I don't understand how you work, but this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out. I'm Bachelor number two. Damn, girl, are you my appendix because I don't know how you work, but this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out. (laughs) Not bad, Carrington. Not bad. I'm Bachelor number three. Dang, girl, are you my appendix? Because I don't understand how you work, but this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, that guy sounded pretty good. Bachelor number four. <laughs> are we recording? Oh, God. Dang, girl, you are my appendix because I don't understand how you work, but this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out. Is that boss? <laughs> disgusting bachelor number five dang girl are you my appendix because i don't understand how you work but this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out <laughs> is that terrible, is that terrible. Sp- man how do these guys have wives dang girl there it is are you my appendix because i don't understand how you work but this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out yeah baby all right there that are, guy's going to get tased. There are your six contenders. One of them needs to register. <laughs> the last guy. And we, we have the late submission for your consideration. Okay. And now, Bachelor number seven. Dang, girl. You are my appendix. Because I don't know how you work, but I have this feeling in my stomach that makes me want to take you out. <laughs> Whoa, Bill. It rubs the lotion on. Okay, you just went Ain't weird. Nobody that read that line sounding. like William Grady. <laughs> Play it Dang, again. girl, you are my appendix. Because I don't know how you work, but I have this feeling in my stomach that makes me want to take you out. Whoa. Why does it sound like a hitman threat? It's so good. Yeah, it's like a were, threat. If you were in a bar and you heard that dang girl behind you, you would probably get up and run. I'd like to butter your biscuit. (laughs) Okay. All right, William H.
<laughs> it was actually Spectre's idea to have all of you guys um, record your voices saying the pickup line. And yeah. then it was my father who said, how did you forget Bill Grady? And uh, that was an oversight on my part. And I, I would like to apologize to this city. I mean, you 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 basically robbed this city for really 24, 24 hours. I really Dan did. Gray, you are my appendix. Because I don't know how you work, but I have this feeling in my stomach that makes me want to take you out. <laughs> Almost sounds threatening. I will find you. Dang, girl. And I will kill you. <laughs> I have a certain take you out. number of techniques. Oh. A very dangerous man. When we get back, um, <laughs> a former huge star from one of the biggest shows back in the 90s mm-hmm. is in the news. You have not heard this name in many, many years. Ah, uh, Come on, Scott. Shark, it's been shark, years. Sharknado was a huge hit. The headline involves a mini motorbike gang. We don't know what that is. We'd like you to weigh in on this. Is this something we should be prepared for? Do I need a card? First sign of the apocalypse. Oh, yeah, it it's is. mini mini motorbike gang. Do we gangs. need to call for help? What is a mini motorcycle gang? Are they mini motorcycle gang members? Or are, they mo- mini are they mini motorcycle, motorcycle gang, gang I know it! <laughs> so or are there a lot of them? What so does it mean? Layers don't feel with his onion. News with Dan Weinbaum coming up in two minutes here on Dana and Parks. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.